Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome. I've got Cliff Farah on the line. Cliff, how are you? I'm doing well, Mike. How about you? I'm awesome. You've got an interesting backstory and you've got a brand new book coming out pretty soon. So I want to share with the audience a little bit about you and the book, and then we'll dive right into uh, whatever we happen to land on. You bet. So I'm, uh, yeah, so my name's Cliff Farah. I'm the uh, president and CEO of uh, the Beacon Group. We're a growth strategy consulting firm based up in Portland, Maine. uh, And we help essentially clients in the Fortune 200 grow their top line. And um, we've been in business now. Uh, this is actually our 20th year in business. Yeah, I know. Uh, seems like a blink in many ways. And in other ways, it feels like forever. Uh, but uh, yeah, 20 years, we've done over 1,500 projects for our clients in that time, all focused on, on growth strategy development. And um, this year is also great because we're launching a book. Uh, I've written a book that will be coming out probably in the June timeframe. COVID's really throwing off a whole bunch of things. You, know, you have to think about when travel is going to resume and the supply chain logistics are, are kind of crazy right now. But uh, right now we're, we're uh, targeting June for a launch in the book. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a great exercise writing it. And it, it shares quite a bit about how we think as a firm about the development of growth strategy. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of uh, who I am, what I'm about. Well, that's great. And I look forward to the book coming out. It's going to be an amazing, amazing thing. And I agree with you, the supply chain and COVID disrupted so much in, in book launches and ordering things. You know, my brother uh, just bought a new house and the new couch and love seat ordered he will probably be delivered june um which you know a year or two ago it's you order something like that you know it's going to be delivered on whatever weekend is convenient for you and not six months out so it's it's definitely the world so i'd love to pick on the book a bit and then you can dive in on you know some of the experience especially with your clients sure uh, over this last year uh or so because covid has impacted everybody and you know fortune 200 companies of course because the scale of it you know they've got dynamics of yeah it's impacting us at all of our locations but in different ways so it's not a simple we'll just do this like oh yeah that works great in maine but that doesn't work really well in los angeles or in portugal or in japan or wherever else these organizations are based and if they're 200 they've got a couple locations so love to hear your (laughs) thoughts on that you bet you bet well yeah no i i think the um you know the past year has been either feast or famine for most companies and the scale of the company actually I mean, it matters because, you know, the larger the company, the more diversified you hope the client base is, the the less impact you have. But the trade-off there is that you, the larger the company, the more the operating cost, the more the impact is felt. So there's there's um, there are very few entities, I think, globally that have been unscathed by this. We have, we have spent a lot of time 
trying to help our clients understand the severity and um, length of time that the pandemic is likely to have an impact on their business. And, you know, we, we as a firm, we work in uh, healthcare, we work in industrials, we work in defense, we work in tech. And then horizontally, we do um, quite a bit of work on the M&A front. And, and, and we also um, offer services that are, are, we allow our expert network to our, to our clients. So those are the, those are the things we do as, a, as an entity. Um, I would say our healthcare clients suffered both feast and famine. Um, the, anyone involved with testing, um, you know, and, and PPP did really well in the early days, counterbalanced by, you know, the, the, um, deficit of traditional healthcare activities that we would go do in an office, um, you know, through a provider. So there's a lot of transition in that, you know, the hospitals suffered greatly um, as they prepared for the pandemic in terms of traditional um, treatments. And then now they've transitioned, now that we've transitioned arguably successfully to this remote care world, this, this care at a distance world, they've continued to sort of bear the brunt of that because there's a lot of traditional services that you would go to a hospital for that you can now get over the, you know, over what we're doing right now over video. So, so that you know, that's 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 been a really um, interesting time. I think, you know, I think the economy is in an interesting place right now. Our our clients have gone from, you know, sort of Q one uncertainty, Q two tightening, Q three rebound, and then Q four expansion. So I I feel actually quite optimistic about how. Markets are rebounding uh, globally, and and you're right. Most of our clients don't just have a domestic U.S. footprint. In fact, the, the 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 funny part is, you know, I've been doing this now for 30 years. I've never had a client in the town I lived in, uh, so I'm always on a plane or I'm always on the phone, and and uh, <clears throat> and and so you know, our our clients uh, serve uh, global populations and. And uh, there's been an awful lot of consistency, I think, both in terms of the impact of the pandemic and then the economic recovery. Let me stop there and kind of get your reactions to that. Yeah, no, I think that makes a ton of sense in everything you said. And especially, in, I worked in healthcare for about a dozen years during my career, and the feast and famine is is definitely right on. It's like, okay, wow, we've got you know more volume than you know we can deal with, but we've got to do things completely differently in a virtual type of environment for so many right. things and sorting all of that out, getting equipment going, okay, now we need to get cameras on computers. Are the physicians and the nurse practitioners and the RNs and the social workers, are they going to be at home? Are they going to be in the clinic? Is it going to be a hybrid? We got to get all of the equipment set up. We have to right. make sure that they have all the networking and all of that. You know, so there's costs involved with that. And of course, you know, supply and demand, as we recall back, in the spring, if you wanted a camera, you know, and you ordered it on Amazon, you were going to be paying a premium for it because everyone else was buying them too. Yeah. But then, the, you know, the demands of ramping up all of this equipment and getting everything in place. And then it's one of these things where it's like, okay, now we're ready. And then the target changes like, okay, now what? And okay, now we've got so now it's a shift from yeah. dealing with everybody that needs to be on a ventilator to how are we going to distribute, you know, hundreds of millions of doses? How's that 
work? How's that coordinated? When are they coming? Who takes priority? It's not just the, it's flu shot season. Okay. Book your point. Well, no, it's, you know, what traffic are you in? Well, you know, first and in again in a global situation uh figuring out okay who's who's essential or who's not and i like the joke i i split my time between uh canada and or toronto and in san diego and i'm in toronto right now and of course with the border closed great city uh, yeah thank you uh it's it, both cities are great it's uh i, I wish i was in right now because it'd be a heck of a lot warmer but you know you, you, you deal with it but uh well you know you know what winter's like uh, but yeah. at the at the end of the day it's one of those things where that you know i can't cross the border not deemed as an essential employee so i, right. I joke with my mom i said i'm sorry mom i can't visit you because i'm not essential and, Bur- and burnout isn't a clinical uh, uh condition for for enterprise uh employees you can't you can't argue that well, I, you know, I could argue some things. I mean, there's ways I could do it, but, you know, with, with President Biden's new stipulation of, a, you know, a 10-day quarantine. So, um, I, I, and then, of course, if I come back here, then I'm in a 14-day quarantine. So, there's, there's 24 days that I'm right. thrown into a hole, basically, sure, and I'm thinking, sure. okay, for a day trip or to speed conference, uh, n- doesn't make a lot of sense for me to do that. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm thrilled that I haven't looked at my Delta app in uh, in in months, right? Quarters, it's been. Yeah, I know on mine, you because know, I have an iPhone. If you don't use an app after a while, it goes into this like you you need to re-download it. So there's a lot of travel apps that are just saying, "Oh, it's yeah. really not on my phone right now," because I haven't used them in a while. I still get the occasional email, you know, "Hey, we miss you." It's like, oh, right. yeah, yeah, I I kind of miss you too. I miss my luggage. You know, I saw it the other day. It's like, how's it going? <laughs> and I was hoping, boy, I hope I, there isn't any dirty clothes in there because that's going to be a nasty discovery when I get to fly again. But well, <laughs> we'll 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 pro. I'll, I'll wear a mask and then <laughs> will we get right. those anyway and, and see how that goes. But sure. You know, a lot of stuff you said there was was important, and with again navigating in a leadership type of role when there really isn't a playbook on how to deal with some of these things, you have to lean on the playbooks you do have on how to lead and navigate through crisis and navigate yeah. through a changing landscape of things. And you know, those types of things have happened to us depending on the region. And of course in North America, there's all types of different things that we've experienced in the last, you know, hundred years or even in the last 20. Yeah. Uh, so, but navigating through those changes, you know, requires, okay, let's get collective input. Let's look at the landscape to make our best guess on how to navigate through this. Yeah. So, so we were we were big this year on on um, helping our clients be self aware. Um, when you get into you know our belief is when you get into a situation where the economy is in a downturn. We saw this in two thousand eight. I, I founded the firm in in two thousand post nine eleven. Right. So so economy in decline. At that point, your your focal plane has to shift away from the traditional, you know, uh, it depends how big your client, you know, how big your company is, but, you know, market segment share, you know, uh, share a wallet, you know, all the kinds of things you worry about. And you have to, you have to look comparatively at how you're doing against peer entities, right? If, if everyone's in decline, if everyone's going down, then looking at like last year's forecast is just a waste of time. Just throw it out the window. It's all about, you know, how am I doing relative to peers? How do I stay afloat? How do I keep people employed? 
And, and so for our clients, what, what we believed is that, you know, if you were smart about how the market was evolving and shifting, and you were uh, dynamic in how you approached those changes, you could take share. And if you took that share, you know, when the market rebounds, we've seen this a couple of times, right? When the market does start to recover, if you can hold on to that share, you get bounce and you get more than your fair share at that point. So um, we've we've certainly done a lot of work, you know, voice of customer, um, voice of market activities, feeding the, you know, that, that sense of self-awareness for our clients. And, and, you know, even in good times, that understanding of the terrain you're fighting on and the forces you're up against and, you know, the, the geopolitical pressures that shape that landscape moving forward are critical to making good growth strategies and, and, you know, to driving growth for, for companies. Yeah. It's, it, even up, and I love the fact you, you mentioned, you know, launching a business, you know, right after 9-11. And yeah. of course, we had the Great Recession in 08 and all of that. A lot of great businesses that we take for granted today as being just part of our normal day-to-day life yep. were birthed in very difficult times. And- yeah, I mean, um, you know, nine eleven. I was supposed to be on the second plane that went into the towers, and I canceled the night before uh, to go race sailboats. I was a really bad sailor back then, and uh, I'm better now. But um, you know, it was it was um, a dodged bullet that that was that watershed moment of life is too short. So, you know, I I always wanted to have my own firm, and I figured, you know, I I probably should think about it. My wife was like, just do it. Um, I credit her with a lot of a lot of the success that I've had in my life, and um, but but I think you're right. I think if you look at at our client base, what happens at a time like this is people shift jobs. So sometimes they're moving from one company to another. I have I have a number of clients that we helped migrate to new companies that they're working in, and then other ones just go out and they hang their own shingle uh, on on the wall and they start something new and. And I think that's fantastic. I, I um, you know, in, in, in life, uh, while we get comfortable on a particular path, I think there is always opportunity for there to be a pivot in times of shift. And this is definitely a, an unprecedented in our lifetimes um, time of uh, a time of change and opportunity. I've had a lot of people tell me they look at it as the great reset in many cases yeah. for their for their own lives and you know, maybe as a society as a whole. Yeah. But it's definitely an opportunity for people if they're looking at wanting to do something and they've been thinking about it and kicking the tires. You know, I, I your your spouse for telling you just do it. You know, she didn't and, kick the tires. She kicked something else. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. I've, I've got somebody in my life that does the same <laughs> thing, and why? You know, sometimes I wince a little bit when I sit down because it hurts, but you yeah, know, yeah. It, it heals yeah. eventually. You know, until yeah. I until she kicks me again. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, it, it's why not? You know, it's yeah. and the, not letting you know fear or risk or any of those things get in your way. It's like, look, you, you think about it. You think of all the great businesses that have been launched and all that. It's like those all started with an idea and a thought and a plan and like a, something that would make things better for people. And everybody's got something like that in them. Not everybody can be an entrepreneur. 
It doesn't mean they oh, don't yeah. have good ideas, but I know a lot of people that launch businesses and they're not a good entrepreneur. So I, you know, I've, I've guided them to say, well, you've, you've got something that's probably good and marketable, but you're not the one to run it. So yeah. find somebody that is entrepreneurial, work out some type of an arrangement with them, and then you can, you know, be able to you know take the business off that way. And a lot of people have done that as well and been successful at it. But again, there's nothing wrong with doing it because you, you, we've all seen the thing, you know, and, and at the end of our life, we regret not doing the things we wanted to do. Right. Do them. You know, if it blows what's, up, it blows up. What's funny too, uh, you know, we're we're seeing a lot is that our clients, when when things get tight, right? Um, you know, the the Fortune two hundred, they have this revenue needle they need to sustain and grow. And when you know, when you know, economic environments get tight, they they look for adjacent markets, they look for new swim lanes, they look for new revenue streams, and that entrepreneurial spirit is actually quite. Um, attractive in companies at that point. Uh, normal business, maybe not so much, right? You're the troublemaker. But when things are tough, they're looking for for something new. And and I and I think you know it's it's always it's always exciting to see people get a a swing at the plate for their passions inside the larger companies at, at times like that. Yeah, I love when organizations give their employees that creative space to be yeah. creative uh, yeah. and, and not go from project to project to project without breathing or reflecting on, okay, what went well, what didn't, or, okay, you, you're more efficient than somebody else on something. Okay, well, you know, be creative. What do you think? What yeah. about this? You know, and, and really take a moment and, and stare at the wall and let things come to you, you know, whether it's in the shower or, you know, even in just you know, sitting and reflecting and not necessarily doing something at that particular moment. That's when a lot of creative ideas come to, to light and can you know, be a brand new offering or a better way to do something that'll benefit right. your clients and your organization. One of, the, you know, one of the things we find, and it's part of the reason I wrote the book, is that if you have a good idea uh, or, you, or you have this aspiration to grow or you know, to drive revenue, whatever, it's, it's this wildly free exercise in the sense of you're not limited. You know, cost, when you worry about cost, and you have to worry about cost, to be fair, right? You can't just, can't go after growth without, without thinking about profit. But when you're thinking about um, growth, it's, it's infinite, right? It's just limited by what you sell and the customers that you have. I mean, those are the two variables that, that you know, all money comes from a customer, and what you choose to sell them is, is uh, you know, what drives price and recurring revenue and sustainability and scale and all, all those sorts of things. But, it, but, it's, but it's incredibly broad. So how do you focus that down? How do you flunk bad bets and get to good bets? So, so for people who might not be as entrepreneurial and intuitive as others who are built to be entrepreneurs, I think what you know, we've offered in this book is a really structured process and framework that in a in a you know in a in a repeatable way helps you figure out what a good bet is versus a bad bet, and um, you know that kind of you know that kind of process that that you know repeatable um, set of steps, the framework that that you know really highlights good versus bad, winner versus loser, um, can avoid a lot of pain for people down the road, and and when the economies are tight. 
avoidance of pain is half the battle, right? You, you don't want to step in the bear trap. You don't want to make a bad bet because it could be irrevocable. So it's, it, it's like investing in stocks. You could say, oh, wow, this stock is great. And you buy a bunch of and you accidentally bought it at the high and then it drops 75% the next day. GameStop. Yeah. Hold on to that GameStop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that was uh, insane to watch. Uh, and it's not over. No, no, it's it's not. And it it's it's literally, you know, pardon the you know, them and AMC, you know, pardon the pun, but grab the popcorn because it's to watch and you know it, it and it's it's so volatile and you can get into a trade and it's like oh wow it you know it hit you know fifteen dollars a share okay let's get it but by the time it gets executed you sell it at thirteen you ended up losing two bucks a share and you're like wait a minute it was at fifteen it's like it's literally like just bouncing uh, all timing is everything yeah, yeah no, it, it no is question. and it's yeah. it's and then that's the thing with with leadership and everything else so in wrapping up in your new book what's your favorite chapter? Uh, there's a chapter on how to build a team, whether you're, whether you're part of a large organization or you're an entrepreneur, um, to help you execute. And, uh, I really like that because I think at the end of the day, it's, it's impossible to succeed by yourself. And, um, and the team that you, you need to be successful is quite a bit broader than what you think right now. So uh, we, we, we dig into that and it's, and it's fun because I've been lucky enough to um, be part of some great teams in my career. And I always appreciate the chance to get to work with new people uh, in new ways. That's great. I really look forward to seeing this book. So loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this incredible work that you do? So uh, our firm is called The Beacon Group, and we're at uh, beacongroupconsulting.com. So it's www.beacongroupconsulting.com. The book, you can, um, you can go to our website there or you can go to cliffarrow.com and, and see more about it. Uh, it's available for pre-order right now at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And uh, you know, we have, what's great about the firm's website is we have plenty of white papers that talk to COVID and, and approaches to deal with COVID that are free to uh, access for people. So hope, hopefully they can, uh, you can steer some folks there. It's awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Cliff, thank Great. you again for the amazing work you do. And Thanks, congratulations, congratulations again on the new book. I, pre- I appreciate you uh, inviting me on today. And I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, sir. Hey, thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.